This is Agents Influence Podcast. The book isn't about just my struggles. I actually um, interview several other women who had different but similar type struggles. It's also about how there's been a complaint about lack of talent in our industry. So what I want to do is I want to take that complaint and that problem and solve it with all the talented women that are in the industry maybe getting overlooked and why that's happening and then how we how we fill that gap and create a talent abundance. I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, you loyal listeners, to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast. Conversations with who? Cast Dog, right here. Jcas is who you is who you're listening to. You hit play because you want to are joined by. I am joined by. I should say, Sarah Mooney's. Now it looks like Moonez, but no, she showed me it's Moo and then knees, just like that. So Sarah Mooney's. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, since you're doing J-Dog, I'm doing S-Dog. S-Dog. Okay. You know how many people aren't going to butcher your name, though, now that they listen to the podcast? They're going to like, when I see her, it's Moo Knees. Okay, Moo Knees. So that was a good way for us to say it. I really do. And S-Dog, appreciate you coming on today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Was S-Dog having to be like a name back in the day, or are you just throwing that out there right now? No, that's just like my gangster name that I'm giving you today. Yeah. Wow, you have gangster names? Like, you're way cooler than I thought you were. And yeah, I, mean, I don't I even know. The hood. Yeah. Girlfriend, I love it. <laughs> yeah, the D-O-double-G-L-B-C, you know? <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, Sarah, it's going to be a fun one. Are you ready for this? Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Right, here we go. We got the three questions that we always start out everybody with is, are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? Um, I'm iPhone. Uh, what's the way. last app you downloaded? Um, I don't remember. I think it was Spotify or Audible or something. Uh, yeah, I'm not Probably sure. Probably Spotify so you could listen to this podcast. I hear Probably. you. I mean, it's yeah. it's that big. It's changing people's lives. Or Audible. I am an Audible fan. I absolutely love Audible. You know what I just found out about Audible? And loyal listeners, you probably already know this, but so my wife is like, hey, I'm going to start reading, right? And I'm really proud of her. Uh, she actually completed a book, which for probably most Americans, like 95% of them don't read a book a year. So she did, really, really proud of her. But how, how she did it was through um, Audible. And I thought to myself, like, I have I have points, you know, and they just add up in there, okay? And then I'll get down to like two or three points, and then I'll get up to like 15 points because it depends on how many books that I'm reading. Well, if she downloads it, it senses that we are like a couple or something together. And so it allows her to see my library. So I can download things into my library. And then all she does is open up her Audible and then she listens to what's ever in the library. She can't buy. She can't purchase. The only thing that she can do now, I think she could get the subscription. But for mm -hmm. all you loyal listeners who have out there that your spouse or significant other or whatever, you don't actually have to have two Audible accounts. I don't know how we did it. Whenever we did it, it just joined us automatically. Um, but I just thought that was amazing. So now I don't have these 15 damn points all the time and I can start <laughs> actually utilizing them. I mean, I read anywhere between 15 to 20 books a year, Sarah. But when you're getting, when you start with like 15 and then you get two or three or five, how many ever points you get a month? I, I'm thinking to myself, who you got to be Bill Gates to get this thing down to zero? You know, mm -hmm. two books a week is what he reads. So, how about you, Sarah? What are you reading right now? Well, I was told by my daughter that listening to books was not the same as reading. She's 17 year old. She's 17 years old, so she knows everything. You know? Oh, absolutely. Um, but I can. I have about a 45 minute drive to work, so I can get through like a couple books a week. Now, um, I like, I listen to fun books. Usually I don't listen to things that are going to get me very far in life. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just like to laugh on the way to work and kind of unwind before I get here. So it gives me something to look forward to. 
Yeah, that's my wife. She all her friends was were reading this book that the I think it's a, a book that a lot of women read, and and she decided she was going to do it. I was blown away. Now, see, here's the thing: I've given that a lot of thought, Sarah, in the reading versus listening. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much difference. I think there's a difference between reading and watching video. Now, all you loyal listeners, this is even new to you. have probably had a nice cannabis session or something at some time and thought about this. But here's, here's the thing I think about this. Like when I'm reading or listening, I'm having to, I don't know if the words propagate, I'm having to create in my mind the story of what's happening, right? Who, what the people look like, where they're, where they're at. We're doing all that stuff. That's happening if I'm reading or that's happening if I'm listening. Now, maybe like it goes into a different part of the brain because it's going mm-hmm. to the eyes version. But I think at the end of the day, I think it all ends up in the same spot. Now, watching a movie is different because they're taking away the creativity, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people wonder, why do I like books more? Or why did I, oh, I watched a movie, but I read the book and the book was better. Well, because mm-hmm. the book was your imagination, right? And rather than the director's imagination. And I think it's there. So I would challenge Miss Know-It-All, because I have a 16-year-old, believe me. I, oh. I know right where you're at, sister. I know right <laughs> where you're at. I would challenge them to, uh, I wonder, what what was her reasoning for that? Did she tell you? I'm curious yeah, when well, people say for stuff one, her like teacher that. told her that. And then two, um, reading is um, you're actually engaged and have to pay full attention to it. And listening is more of a passive type um, action. I could see how that's true. Like when I do read, like actually physically read, um, I mean, I can't really have distractions and I can go back and reread. Whereas sometimes I'll listen to a book and fall asleep. Not when I'm driving, though. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Don't, wouldn't recommend that, Sarah. (laughs) Um, Yes. uh, That's interesting. And I could see how the teacher would tell her that because they're probably trying to make her read something boring like the Scarlet's Letter or some shit. My son just had to read that. He was a sophomore. He had to read the Scarlet's Letter. I'm a huge avid reader. I'm like, no wonder these kids don't want to read. Who's who's making them read this? Let them read something fun, you know? I don't, anyways, okay, here we I'm Sorry, loyal listeners. Got lost already in this podcast. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose, Sarah? I love to win. Any reason why? Um, I don't know. It feels good. Feels good. <laughs> feels good. So does sleeping. You know, a lot of things feel good. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. You never really thought about that? Um, Do you think it's always been that way, Sarah? Let's ask that. Do you think it's always been that way? No, I don't think it's always been that way. I think um, I used to be afraid of losing. Like that was a fear. So winning was a way to stop from losing. Um, But as I've gotten older, turns out that I'm a bigger loser than I thought I was because I (laughs) lose a lot. (laughs) So um, I know what you're saying, but that was funny. That was funny. So um, so winning. uh, I mean, I I prefer winning because it's more fun than than Mm -hmm. losing. Yeah. Yeah. I have my reasons. I think there's a lot of them out there. Hey, let me get to the third question so we can finally get on to uh, and find out more about Sarah. Um, two things in the world we believe got you to where you are, luck or skill. Which one would you say is a bigger factor in your life? Skill. Skill. Why? And perseverance. Um, because I have not had a lot of luck. You haven't? I'll put it that way. Yeah. Like I've had to push through obstacles to get to where I am. Some that I didn't know that I could push through. Okay. I like that. You had to push through obstacles to get where you are and some you couldn't push through. Take us back to high school. Take us back to college, diapers, as far as you want to go back. It doesn't matter. And bring us forward in about two or three minutes to tell us how you're sitting in the spot you are right now. Um, so high school, I was uh, just surviving. Um, I, I mean, I don't know many people that loved high school I was definitely not a lover of high school. I hated high school. I was just trying to get past high school so I could move out of my house and um, do what I wanted to do and be, in a, and be a grown up. And although lots of people say adulting is overrated and that you should try to be a kid as long as possible, I think that's only if you live in a good household. When you're in a tough household and live in the hood and you don't have anybody who has your back. Um, adulting is definitely way better when you have control over your own future and lifestyle. 
So basically, I could not wait to move out and, um, you know, paid for school. And I was very determined that I was going to get through school. I was told my whole life that I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't smart enough to do anything. And um, I didn't start talking until I was like four years old. So I was actually a special needs child. Gotcha. And um, I don't know if this is politically correct, but I was um, diagnosed as being retarded um, for not speaking until I was four. Wow. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I mean, they actually no. diagnosed me and the, and the doctor told my mom that I would be smart enough to get married someday and have children. And that's all I would ever be able to do. Obviously, I've done more. <laughs> well, how so the doctors were wrong in the 70s. So let me tell you, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it was probably like the 80s because I was um, I was born in 78, but I was diagnosed like when I was like 80 in 82. Okay. Yeah, I was born in 78. We're going to talk about that because I love talking <laughs> to people that were born in that year and around there. I'm serious about that. Well, wow, so this is wild and crazy. So, um, so where are you at now? Um, I'm sorry. So, um, okay. so basically, I pushed through college, um, proved everybody wrong. Um, I started my insurance career at um, a small agency, and it was by accident. I did not purposely get into insurance. I thought I was going to be this big advertising and marketing guru. Um, turns out, I'm not really that good at advertising and marketing. I was like mediocre so i did not get into that field i love that i love your self-awareness is so awesome so yeah um so i um fell into insurance by accident i worked for a state farm agent and they told me that i was taking a marketing position so i was super excited i didn't realize that telemarketing was really what marketing was to them <laughs> in my mind marketing was not telemarketing no yeah most people it's not <laughs> So um, I learned, you know, I learned a lot doing that for six months, just trying to like cross sell people. I w didn't get licensed there. Um, I actually took a job, another job that I thought was marketing and it ended up being door to door sales. And they just told me that I was marketing. It was one of those like multi-level things where they're like, hey, mm -hmm. if you sell this much and build this kind of team and do all these hoops that you'll... Um, you'll become like this six figure, you know, hotshot and you'll have your own office and this and that. And, you know, none of it was being, was very truthful. Um, I had just gotten married that year, the year before I graduated college, I got married pretty young. Um, I didn't realize I was young at the time, which is funny. I look back now, I was like, man, I was a baby when I got married. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. My daughter's only like four years younger than I was when I got married. I mean, like that's young. Wow. <laughs> Wild. But um, Wild. that job took a toll on our marriage because my husband wanted attention and he wanted to actually spend time with his wife. And I was working 60, 70 hours a week and I was probably making a dollar an hour like they they paid. So they didn't pay me my commission out like they were supposed to. Wow. However, I look at that as my internship. So it was a six month long internship that taught me how to sell sell because they mm -hmm. saw they taught a lot of sales techniques and going door to door, um, slinging office supplies is not easy. <laughs> you learn quick, sister. You learn really, really quick. You learn how to um, treat gatekeepers and how to compliment them to get to their bosses. And um, so I learned a lot from that position. And it got me ready for um, my next position, which I went to back to my state farm agent. I was like, hey, I just need a job. I don't have any money. And this uh, this other position didn't work. And they liked me enough to where they actually referred me to someone else to work. Um, he, he got me licensed, was not a nice person at all, um, but at least he got me my license and I learned how to um, sell insurance at that point because I didn't really know how to do it. And I learned the service side of the industry and I learned from him what I did not want to be like. So he taught, he taught me the opposite of who I wanted to be. Um, he was very pushy salesman, very um, in-your-face, used car salesman. Uh, um, he would literally, like, put a piece of paper in front of people. Because this was back in the day, when, you know, when you printed out your quote and presented it in person. And he would tell people they were stupid if they didn't buy insurance from him. So that was his sales technique. And it and worked, though. Isn't that amazing that it worked? Like, he probably sold, didn't he? He did. It worked. I don't get it. Here, we're worried about our customers. 
I have this one lady. She she won't buy quit buying from this agent. I'm over there. The agent's on the phone yelling and screaming at her, telling her that she can't leave. I get off the phone with her, and this was years ago, and she decided to stay with the lady. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Here I am worried about being one minute late, and these people yes. are, are calling. So, yeah, so you had one just like that. Wow, holy cow. Tough. Yeah. You learned a lot, though, didn't you? You learned did, what to do I and did. what not to do. I definitely learned who who I did not want to be like. Um, he taught me about coverages. And although I had a tough time in his, in his office, I actually, that's when I started falling in love with the industry that I didn't think I was going to be in long term. 20 years later, I'm still here. Wow. So yeah. obviously, yeah. <laughs> I have. So, so how old were you at the time? You were in the young 20s. Yeah, I was... Um, Probably like 23, 24 at that okay. time. Yeah. Um, Identical story here. I started when I was 23. I'm serious. Okay. That's so funny. Yeah. And my main mentor was mean as shit. I could go get my wife right yes. now and I'd tell her for the first two or three months, I would come home as a 23 and 24 year old guy. I would cry. Yes, loyal listeners, you heard me say that. I would cry to my wife because the dude was so mean. He's still my number one mentor today. He's 78 years old. We hang out on the lake. We I owe him everything in this industry, but he was a straight asshole, and I tell him that all the time. But uh, oh, he I said, I, I didn't know how to train anybody. I was doing what I thought we needed to do. Well, you know, wow. You I don't very think similar that this path. guy has that story. This guy was mean to the core. Yeah. Um, he actually ended up firing me, which was the nicest thing he ever did for me. Um, and he fired me for being pregnant. So I know that's hard to believe. Holy shit. You would own his house today and his life. If someone pulled that shit on you today. Wow. Well, like with small agencies, I think it's kind of hard to prove it. You know, like, I don't think it's that easy. And then when you're like 24, 25 years old and you just don't have any money. Like if, you know, I didn't even really try to talk to a lawyer because I was making $11 an hour. And, and this is the like, 80s. This is, oh, no, this isn't. This no, is early no, 2000s. It was a this is early 2004. Two, yeah. Yep. Yep. 2000. Yeah. So still, that there. was still frowned upon. I mean, we were getting to the oh, point. Yeah. Today, they're, they're, I mean, they have to prove that they didn't fire you because you were pregnant. I mean, seriously, yeah. it's that kind of a world. Wow. And it should be. It should definitely be. Yes. That way. No yeah. one should be fired because of that or because they're married or because they're a woman or man. Yes. Oh, my God. Can, can yeah. you blow your mind? Can you believe it that at times like people actually had conversations? Well, hey, let's not hire her because she's pregnant and he's too old. I mean, can you imagine that they used to have that conversation? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I honestly believe that those conversations still happen. I think they're just a little bit more discreet or hide it more. Sarah, I, don't think, I think you're don't right happen. about that. I think that they do. And I know that they do. Um, so, yeah. So that, I mean, that was, you know, obstacle number one. Luckily, while I worked there, I experienced um, some really great customers, and there was an accident that happened down the street from where I lived, and um, it was a major accident where a 15-year-old took the car out for a um, joyride, and they had a fatal accident with some of their friends in the car, Mm. and um, I'm not saying that was a good thing. That was a bad thing, but I learned from it because it was in the paper, and everyone was talking about it and talking about... So my employer was telling me, he was like, you know, hopefully they have umbrella insurance um, because they are not only mourning the loss of their son, but they're being, I bet they're being sued by all of those parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was, that was really the first time I understood what insurance was. Like it took me a few years to really like get what I was doing. And it was the experience, the experience actually. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that gave me that that drive that I wanted to, I wanted to make a career out of this and help people. So it gave me more of the drive that I'm here to help people and I can serve people. And that's really what I, you know, I wanted something that made me feel good at the end of the day. So that's, that's kind of like helping others and helping them realize their needs um, and bringing, shedding light to things like that. Um, educating, that, helping, educating. Yes. Yeah. Now, we, so, we like to say we don't sell insurance at the insurance Alliance. We help people purchase it. That's yes. a really big thing. I don't like, Hey, we'll sell you this. No, we will help you purchase it. Right. We're going to explain to you what's going on, what, how it could affect your life. And you make the decision, right? That that's not me for me to do. If I do, if I educate you correctly, you should be making those decisions. But even if you choose to do against what we said, you know, I mean that 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 was that's on you there. Wow. So yeah. Sarah, so do you own your own agency now? No, I am. I work for um, an agency, a pretty large one. 
Under um, what state? Under Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Home Services Insurance. And I've, I've just been here a little over a year now, um, but pr- by far the best place I've worked so far. What's your title? What do you do? Um, I'm a producer. Oh, you're a producer. Commercial, mm-hmm. personal? Personal lines producer. Okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, they, they call us like branch agents because we get to sit inside of real estate offices and that's our referral source. So we have that built-in referral source, which is amazing because I've done... Um, the outside sales thing. I've done the inside sales thing. Um, actually, like part of my career, I was inside of a credit union for nine years. And the setup of getting referrals brought to you was amazing. So hold and- on, sir. Let's let's discuss this. Let's discuss this because as you know, I've done over, well, if you don't know, I've done over 800 of these and no one has exactly <laughs> told me what you just told me. So your office, you go to work there. I go to work there. That will put me in a real estate office as the insurance agent. And that's, that's the customers I deal with. Yes. Do they own the real estate agency as well? No, it's a partnership. They've got some, what we call to today's word, if you want to be cool, it's JV, junior versus our, our, our joint ventures. Mm-hmm. I was at this place in Denver last week and all these cool dudes are walking around like, yeah, I'm JV with him. Yeah, I'm JV with him. Finally, I went to one of my buddies. I was like, what the hell is JV? He's like joint <laughs> venture. I'm like. Oh, well, I know what that is. I guess it's the cool thing. You got to say joint venture. Uh, but anyways, so that is wild. That is a unbelievable model that these people have. So do they yeah. not hire an agent unless they don't, unless they have a branch office available or does that make yeah, sense? When yeah. I say that? Um, they give us a couple different offices. Like I have two offices that I work with and they do it based off of how many sales, like how many homes are purchased gotcha. through that office. Wow. So, um, so you just have a lead source place. coming in. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And I thought it was good when I worked in the credit union because I was dealing with like 50 leads a day. You can't even keep up with 50 leads a day. But those weren't people who were necessarily ready to buy. You're trying to purchase, trying to get them to switch over. Right. Whereas these are people who are recommended to you by um, people that you built relationships in the office with and they trust you and they're about to buy a home. They have they need insurance. Yeah, so it's a much, much different um, style. So sure. in today's world, in the tech world, we're starting to call that uh, embed insurance, right? But embed has to do with the digital per- person, uh, uh, population of it. What your agency do- is doing is embedding you in the agency, the real estate agency, so that it comes through. Um, mm-hmm. I, b- I believe in my loyal listeners, uh, if you haven't heard me talk about it, embed insurance is one of the most powerful things that will happen to the insurance industry in the next one to three years. A lot of people have wanted to do what, what Sarah's agency has done loyal listeners, but they don't have the relationships or don't want to create the JV. And so what they do is, is they just try to create the best relationships they can. I think you're going to start seeing us digitally embedded in the process to where the insurance is just one part of that process. Other places have been doing this forever. I was just buying a a plane ticket and they, and they offer you right at the end to secure your trip, like uh, in case something happens and it's for $32 and right underneath it, it says it's written by uh, Allianz insurance or, uh, uh, Alliance insurance, something like that. And I'm thinking to myself, that's embed insurance, right? They have to buy this or they need to buy this. They can buy it right through you right there. Um, and, and that's, that's interesting that you guys have literally set up a real world example of embed insurance. That is, that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. How many branch offices do you guys have, Sarah? Oh my goodness. So we are, um, a national company. So um, they have several different real estate offices and okay. uh, relationships that they work with. But here in Texas, um, I believe we have 20 or so offices, maybe wow. more. Wow. Um, I should probably count that. Right, yeah. <laughs> I just wow. know the offices that I represent. We have 11 agents, and each agent has at least two to three offices. Sarah, where does it come from, switching switching um, sides now and switching uh, angles? Where does it come from, this um, empowering of women? Uh, you've written that you wrote this book. I want you to tell us, the loyal listeners, you know, why have you read that wrote this book? What is this book? Um, loyal listeners know that um, some women is something that I'm really always trying to push through here. I was raised by a single woman. Um, I have a lot of appreciation for women. Um, doesn't mean that I've smacked. I mean, <laughs> smacked. 
Okay, just for the record, you can ask my wife, anybody, her number. I'll give you her cell phone number. I've never abused her or anything. I just said smack when I'm, I'm sitting there. What the hell was I even thinking? Sorry about that, loyal listeners. So going back to it, I mean, I agree and I talk the smack of having a single woman or, and being raised by a single woman. And I talk that, that smack for a reason because I think it has been instrumental and who I am. I'm instrumental in who I am. I probably have more feminine in me than I do male. And I know I'm just uh, telling the world this, but I do because my whole life I was raised and I saw through the eyes of how a woman would take charge of something. I had two younger sisters. I mean, I was surrounded by women my whole life until I was 18 years old, you know? And it's weird how whenever I was in high school, I had better relationships with my women teachers than I did my men teachers. It's just always been that way. So tell me about you. What's your why behind this. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Um, so I have so many whys. Um, What's I'm just your big get, <laughs> My biggest why was um, I took a leap of faith when I left the credit union in 2016. And um, nobody really tells you, and I've talked about this a couple different places, about your leap fall. Like your leap, if everyone's like, take that leap, take that chance, it's going to be great, you're going to grow. Nobody tells you about when you smack your nose into a wall and you got, mm. and you're bloodied up from the leap mm. of faith. And um, I truly, I, I left the credit union. I tried to, to work for this guy that made all these promises. I had a bad feeling about him, but I was so ready to move on because I had hit a glass ceiling there that I was never going to get to move up. And they were very straightforward with that. They were like, you're a producer, you're going to be a producer, and that's all we ever see you as. Um, and at 30 years old, I'm like, I'm too young to just settle for doing this if I, you know, and not having um, a path to move up. So um, I took this opportunity. The guy was another, I would say he made my first boss look like an angel. That's how bad this guy was. Oh, wow. Um, and he pretty much did. He, he, did, he made, asked me to make unethical choices. He told me that he hired me that because I was pretty. He told me that he owned me. Um, just like everything that you can do is wrong. This is 2016, guys. <laughs> 2016. So... What he said, probably biggest mistake of his life, but he fired me because he got tired of hearing me cry. I only worked for the guy for two months. And um, he was like, I'm so tired of hearing you cry. You know, this isn't working out. You need to quit or I'm going to have to fire you. And he's like, and I, if I have to fire you or if you speak of what happened in this office to anyone, I will have you blacklisted in the insurance industry and you will never find a job again. And I believed him. I was scared. Because I went from making a really nice income and being the breadwinner in my household to a zero dollar income Holy within shit. two months. So it was it was the scariest thing that ever happened to me. Honestly, my my confidence was broken. It took a really long time to build it back up, and I still teeter. Um, it takes a lot of work to keep your confidence up, and it, it takes like a second for it to be broken. It's yeah, kind of amazing. Um, but I was telling a girlfriend of mine this story and she's all about like, um, helping women agencies and woman empowerment. And she was like, who's this man and how's he have so much control over you? And I couldn't sleep like the entire night thinking about it. And I happened to know a publisher that I became friends with, um, Tony Connors with insurance nerds. And I asked him if he would be willing to, um, help me write a book about women and insurance. And he was like, absolutely. When do we get started? And um, I think had that guy not told me that and had I not shared that story, um, I could not sleep thinking that he still had that kind of control over me. Mm -hmm. And that was yeah. 2019 when I started the journey. Um, so really, I mean, I guess I could thank him for giving me the fire 
to to want to pursue this. And um, along the way, even um, in the journey of writing the book, when I shared stories with, depending on who I shared the story with, some people would say, oh, we have 100% equality. It's no harder for women to move up than men. Um, You know, and usually it was men that I was talking to that would say that. And then women would say, you know, I don't really know. I mean, I guess it's okay. I've had struggles. It's been hard, but I guess everyone goes through those. But I don't see a lot of, I see a lot of guys don't really go through the same struggles. Mm -hmm. I mean, typically if a man's wife gets pregnant, they're not going to let go because their wife's pregnant. Usually they're like congratulated and get a promotion because they need more money, even though, you know, let's face it, if... A woman becomes single and ends up raising that baby by herself. The mom's going to be the one paying for that baby. It's true. That's just the way the world works. It really truly is. So um, he was the fire that he, I wouldn't say he was the fire. That was the fire that lit under me that I wanted to take my control back. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to help speak for others as well that maybe can't speak up. And I couldn't speak up for a long time because of fear of repercussions. And even this journey, I've had some repercussions along the way. Well, let's go ahead and say his agency's name and him and his email right now live. And everybody is going to call this guy. No, I'm joking. Um, but you know, the thing is, is that that is, um, you said it, you said, um, that, um, this, he was the fire and then you, and then you jumped back from that and you said, no, he was like the final fire or something you said, because what's so, what's so hard about these, but it's in, it's a way it's kind of inspiring is that when you come up with these huge life achievements, like writing a book or doing something, and it was all because of something you start realizing that it just wasn't because of that thing. It was because of everything in your life that culminated to that point, right? And so you have to sometimes look back and say, man, if I'm helping so many people with this, but yet it's because of all the bad things that maybe I went through, you start to weigh like, well, maybe that was worth it if I'm actually going to help people, you know? You don't ever want to lose yourself in that process, but if you didn't lose yourself and you were able to regain and take back that control... Good for you to be able to do that. Obviously, you've had that thought through this process, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it's been really therapeutic to get it on paper um, and work through it and then try to work uh, out a way to make something positive out of it. Because the book isn't about just my struggles. And I actually um, interviewed several other women who had um, different but similar type struggles It's also about how there's been a complaint about lack of talent in our industry. So what I want to do is I want to take that complaint and that problem and solve it with all the talented women that are in in the industry, maybe getting overlooked and why that's happening. And then how we, how we fill that gap and create a talent abundance. Sarah, Sarah, there is some shit going on in the industry right now, right? So I told you, I I am always, I've got my ear to the ground listening to a lot of people. I just did this lady, um, did it, I just uh, um, did a podcast for her. Her name was Kim Beach. And she's doing a, a, she's starting this thing called Insure Women. She doesn't even realize what she's starting right now um, because her her ideas are big, but... Mm -hmm. She has, I mean, I can tell you so many freaking women out there that are doing unbelievable things, but she has created this thing called Insure Women, and all it is is a group that she's trying to get women together. Now, she realized that what her whole goal was is that as an agent, she wanted to insure women and really insure them because she feels as if like they don't get the same kind of education and they don't get talked to the same way when they're trying to be sold insurance. And also, a lot of times, it's guys trying to speak to their needs, and obviously, that doesn't necessarily, that's not the, the perfect world. And so that's how she started doing this. Well, then in the course of doing this, she started finding out that there was these other insurance agents and agency owners and they started. So now they're starting this huge group and she's, she's actually partnered up with a company, a carrier, and they're going to take what she's doing nationwide. It's a really, really cool thing. But I met these other girls, um, these other ladies in, in this, on December 20th in, I'm sorry, in January 20th in Denver and her name was Olivia um, uh, Olivia Stein or something. I can't remember her last name. I just ran into her on LinkedIn the other day. And her and her business partner, they left this large agency, large, huge brokerage. And they started their own business. And this is not the name of it. I've got to get her name. But it's like all women insurance. 
And what they do is they're only women-owned agencies. They want to franchise this, and they only sell to women, business owners or consumers. And they understand that that shrinks their market a lot, but, I mean, really does it? Like if 50% of the people are roughly women and 50% are men? Now, when you get into the business model, she said, yes, you will. She said, but you won't find, you will realize how many women business owners there are and how many of them don't like dealing with men. Not because they don't dislike men. It's just it's hard for them to relate sometimes. It's like it is for an eight, a male to relate to another male or whatever it could be in that business sense. Um but I started telling that to the insure woman lady. I said, you need to like get like a, a franchise going that it says insure women. And that's the name of the insurance agency. And that and about, about a million other things I have talked about because I've done a lot. of. I'm going to do a special coming up here that's called the wow. It's called the week of the woman. And we're going to do it during um, during uh, Mo- Mother's Day week, building oh, up okay. to Mother's to building up to Mother's Day week. Um, and we're, we're, we're going to kind of do that on here on the network, every one of them. Loyal listeners, if you're listening to this, you're hearing this for the first time ever. Um, it's just going to be, we're going to interview everybody on every podcast, all 11 shows. We're just going to interview just women and bring them forward. Because I will tell you this, the women who are kicking butt in this industry, they realize something. First of all, they don't let anybody push them around. Second of all, they realize that they can prospect better than men. I've said it over and over and over, and that's not Cass's words. That's other women saying, Jason, you brag about being a great prospector. I bet you I could out-prospect you in a minute because I could get into places that you can't. And I said, damn it, you are absolutely right about that. And most of the time, there's places, you know, maybe back in the day that I could get into that they couldn't, but those are becoming fewer and far between. I mean, a lot of, we're kind of getting a little bit sophisticated in, in, in society. So ever thought about anything like that? Or, I mean, have you, have you talked to any other women out there who are doing something similar to you? Um, so writing a book and getting a book out there turns out it's kind of, like I said, it's, it's a hard task. It's hard to get people to back you up and it's scary because a lot of people will, will push back because it's, it's scary for other people in the industry and especially leadership to be called out that this is still happening and this is still a problem and um, we need to fix it. So, uh, however, I do have like a really good friend that around the same time that I was writing the book, she um, was having a really hard time with an employer. And um, what she's decided to do is she created a um, accountability type business. So it's called Insure Equality. Um, And what they do is they have this scoring for companies where um, people can go in and score their company based off of um, diversity and inclusion measures. And um, they actually have somewhere in there where things are completely anonymous and not shared anywhere. It's just for scoring factors. And then the company can choose to be part of her program to get their score increased. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, she, just, she just launched it six months ago, and it was because of the way she was treated at her last employer. She didn't want anyone else um, to go through that again. And she wants to try to prevent those things from still occurring. So. Wow. So, so did, so did you tell her about what you were writing in the book and everything? And I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that that's how a lot of that came about. Did you. Um, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't because of me that she, um, created the um, business. She created it because of her own um, her own experiences. We just happened to be working on similar, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm working on the book yeah. and she was working on her business because she was trying to decide, do I go and find another job or do I try to create something of my own that um, is really important to me and I feel powered by? So she, so that was her journey. And then my journey, I was already writing the book and on that journey. Um, and we've talked a lot about it and she's helped give me some feedback and that type of thing. So it's, uh, it's been really cool. Um, I'm on her board as well. So I help, help her and she gotcha. helps me. And, um, What's the name of your book, Sarah? Um, Undiscovered Voices. And when um, does it come out? Is it out now? It's out. It's on okay. Amazon right now. So it's either on Amazon or you can go to undiscoveredvoicesinsurance.com and it's there as well. Um, and it is, um, it's Undiscovered Voices Unlocking the Potential of Women in Insurance. 
and there's like a lock that is undone where a woman is speaking up. So it's um it's really cool and it's um I think I think that now that light is being shown on it more and we can open up about it, I'm hoping that people aren't so scared and that we can all work together because the problem is is that women can't break the ceilings on their own because most of the leadership are men. So it has to be the men saying, okay, I have this problem. I want more talent. I want more um, opinions so that I can be a better business owner. And this is, this is how I do it. I, I pull, pull the women that are talented in my office. I help pull them up. And other, do, you control, you know, do you control the renewals in your agency for your book of business? You, do, you don't do the new business. You just do the, you just do new, the new business. business. New yeah, business. I strictly okay. do new business. Mm-hmm. I asked that for a reason. So uh, now, so if people want to find it, they can go to Amazon um, and they can look it up and uh, Undiscovered Voices. Is that right? Uh-huh. Undiscovered Voices. Absolutely. I like that. I like that. I like that. Well, all the best to you on that. Before we wrap this up, I want to ask you a, a question. What was the reason why you didn't talk until you were four? Um, I don't know. I've been told several different things. Oh, wow. Um, So there's nothing, no designate, no diagnosis. Okay. Mm -mm, No. So I was, I mean, one, one story I was told that my jaw wasn't fully developed. Um, but through a lot of self work and talking with, um, with a therapist and I, you know, I think, I feel like there's a stigma with people talking to therapists, but I think it's the best thing we can do for ourselves. Amen to that. Um, I think I was scared to talk. So that's kind of like, this is me no longer being afraid to talk because that's how um, bad my household was, how scary it was. Hmm. Undiscovered voices. Interesting. Any rest. Any, anyway, so, you know, what's amazing, and loyal listeners, I pointed this out before, and I want you to point that. I, want to, I just want to bring this back. When I asked the second question to Sarah of whether she was, uh, uh, did, she, uh, did she love to, no, what was it? Oh, no, the third question, skill or luck, and she chose skill. And what's amazing is, Sarah, is you jumped at it quickly. I've started to realize that a lot of people who say luck, a lot of times, not every time, but a lot, they associate that with their being young. They'll say, I'm lucky because I was given opportunity that other people weren't. I was born into a loving family. I was born into a rich family that took me somewhere. You know, I was born in the hood, but I had a great family that showed me how to get out. And then a lot of times when people are associating things with skill, it usually has to do with being older, obviously, because that's when they developed. And it's amazing that maybe some of the hardships you went through. And when I asked you that question, you immediately jumped to skill because obviously luck probably wasn't something that you felt was uh, in your favor a lot of your life. But um, just like I tell my producers, whenever they leave the day and they don't make a sale, I tell them all the time, you made money today. You just aren't, haven't been paid for it yet right? They, they'll, they'll talk about a guy will call or a person will call in and they'll say, Hey, you know what? I talked to you about three or four years ago. I'd like to go ahead and get that policy and have you just take over my business. And it's like, see, you made money then you just mm-hmm. weren't paid for it until now. And I think that's exactly what sometimes people who have uh, rough childhoods and stuff, it's, it's, are you going to discover, are you going to pull back the layers of the onion and discover who you really truly are? Because I think success stories like yours come out, you know, keep go- going up against the struggle. I wrote down something here, which loyal listeners, I'll probably make the, the name of it. There were obstacles I had to push through and some I could not. Um, that was something that you started right off with. And I made a note of that because I, I think that has a lot to do with it. But so many people give up, Sarah. So many people give up and you didn't give up. And God knows there's probably many times you did, but you got right back up on your feet, right? Um, so kudos for you on that. Anything you want to say wrapping up? Um, just that I hope that people find uh, the book to be enlightening and helpful and that we start making positive strides in our industry mm-hmm. for everyone to move up. And you know, for the women, like the interesting thing you said about giving up, Um, lots of women in my research, they do give up on the industry and we don't want that. We want to keep the talent here. So that's really what it is about 
is yeah, keeping our like talent that. in-house. Yeah, so right that. So right on that. Yeah, um, I had a couple other things I want to say, Sarah, right before I was going to close up, and I can't remember. We'll go into our final two questions. Leaders are readers, and readers are leaders. You are a leader, believe it or not. You must be a reader. Tell me what you're reading again. Um, right now, um, so I'm actually reading The Temp. It's just a fun, audible book. Yeah, you um, like those fun books you said. Yeah, I like Yeah, I like the, the weird stuff. Like I like Cut and Run, which was about these people that cut out kidneys and it was, it was a comedy though, believe it. <laughs> gotcha. Wow. So okay. Maybe like a little bit of a twisted sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. That's okay. I got a couple buddies like that. Uh, they're weird as hell, but they're funny also. <laughs> they're some of the funniest people I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was the name of that book again? Say it one more time. The, the temp. Is that the you're talking about? The one the that I'm listening to? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I just, I didn't make sure. Um, you get your kicks on Netflix. Maybe you and your boo are watching Hulu, spending your time on Amazon Prime. What are you watching right now? Um, so what I've been watching right now is the woman across the street from the woman across the street, like the longest <laughs> title ever. My wife said that this weekend. What is the woman across the street watching, watching the, woman, the woman across the street or the girl watching the woman the in the window across yeah. the street or something? Yeah. Yes, my wife said the same thing. <laughs> Oh, that is great. So you're watching it. Is it good? Um, it was good up until the last episode. So I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Yeah. But I'm kind of find, finding it a little far-fetched. It's very similar to another a book that I had listened to. And they made a Netflix um, original for as well, which was The Woman in the Window. That's what the other. So it's like it's almost like they took that story and then just kind of tweaked it. Wow. Um, but The Woman in the Window was a much better story. Um, a much better um, woman across the street watching the woman in the window yeah. next door or something like that. Yeah, that is that is so funny that you say that. My wife was just saying that. I was cracking them up. My wife's not always like the most witty and funny person. So she said that I about fell out of the damn chair. So anyways, <laughs> um, so uh, they pre really appreciate you coming on. I really, truly do. I want everybody to get out there and read that book. Um, you know what? If you're a man, you could probably learn more from it than anything. I do hate this society that we live in. I don't necessarily blame this industry. Um, I, I just think that there's, you know, a lot of agencies have made a lot of money sitting in their own little agency cocoon, right? These these assholes that you worked with, you know, I don't think they realize that outside the walls, society is changing, you know, and, and it doesn't even have to do, Sarah, with the fact that you're a woman. It has a fact to do that you're a human, right? That Let's start there. Let's stop trying to say, well, we shouldn't treat men this way and we shouldn't treat, no, we shouldn't treat, we should treat humans one way, right? Mm -hmm. That's with self-respect. That's with respect, with courtesy, common courtesy, um, understanding, right? We have this biggest saying that I've probably heard in the last 20 or 30 years, which is so true for all of us is you have no idea what that person's going through today. No matter how mad I get at somebody, like I just, I'm like mad, whether it's road rage or whatever, my wife has a very, very balanced uh, sense of life. And she'll say to me, you listen, that person's a jerk, but you have no idea what just happened. You know, maybe their wife just cheated on him and they ran out the door and they don't even realize what state they're in, you know? And sometimes when you look at life like that, not sometimes we should, it really, really puts an adjustment to it. And then I love, it's terrible that life is this way, but we have to have these tragedies to, 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 to find the good sometimes, you know? And, it, and it's a, and it's a, it's a weird way that the, that God made the world is that you don't know what good is. If you don't know bad, you don't know bad mm -hmm. if you don't know good and they have to both coexist in this world. So, but it's people like you that say, Hey, everybody points out the fun in life. Let, let's point out some of the struggles too. Let's be real. Let's have a conversation that actually is inclusive to all of us who have maybe went through a struggle that, that you truly haven't. And so, um, kudos to you, Sarah. Thank you very much for bringing that to the forefront. Thank you. I appreciate it. One thing I always want to remind my loyal listeners, and I want to remind you is right now, is that this is the greatest industry in the world God ever created. I say that a lot. I say it all the time. People quote me on it. I had a guy just the other day, David Watson, he wrote this article. He said, Cass, I got a quote. I want to quote you in it. He sends me the article and it's, this is the greatest industry God ever created. And I'm thinking to myself, people, you don't have to, it's okay. You don't have to say that that's my quote. Just, just say that it's whoever's it is because it's the truth. 
But one thing that I do want people to pin to is why I define that. Because I know that the insurance industry is the greatest because of residual income. You can work today and get paid on things that you did today way down the road. But when you think about residual income, think about who handles the residual income. My loyal listeners know when I say this. Sarah, when you think about it, 80 to 85% of the workforce that works in an agency are women. And that necessarily means that 85 to 90% of the renewals that are handled in this great industry are handled by women. And we have a 92% success rate of keeping those renewals that are handled by women that make this the greatest industry God ever created. So at the end of the day, this is the greatest industry God ever created because of women. And don't you forget that, Sarah. And don't all you loyal listeners forget that. And if there's any of you CSRs, account managers, producers, or anything that are being treated like Sarah, just understand that in this world today, you can work from anywhere. And Jason is always hiring. All right. Sarah, thank you very much for your time. I do greatly appreciate it. To all you loyal listeners, thank you very much for giving me your ear one more time. Remember, tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This is Cass. She's Moonies, and we are out. Thank you. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is. To, to fix a problem, the first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.